Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we always say, everything comes to an end at some point. Uh, all great work is seasonal work. And one of those seasons is going to be coming to an end uh, over the weekend, this coming weekend, as the Utah Republican Party holds its organizing committee. And its current chairman, Derek Brown, uh, will not be seeking reelection. So uh, he is coming to the end of his term. Derek Brown now joins us. I thought you needed a little walk-on music today, Derek. Maybe that was for I your wife that. and family, who's also probably counting down. Uh, this is a uh, often a thankless job with countless hours, no compensation, uh, some frustration. Uh, but uh, you, you've had a great season of service, which I think uh, all public service should be. And uh, as you come down the home stretch in that final countdown, uh, what's on your mind rolling into the weekend? Well, I appreciate the walk-on music, and uh, I, I think there's there's it's hard not to count down, but it's also a little bit melancholy. It's been a, a just a, a crazy couple of years. I mean, when when I got elected two years ago, I just never could have you know, really sort of envisaged what was going to happen, and it's been you know I, I feel you know very pleased with how things have turned out, and as you mentioned, it is. You know, service in a party and an elected office is sort of seasonal work. You do it, you make a difference, and then you you move on. So that's what I'm doing. Well, I I think your uh, legacy will clearly include uh, getting a number of things in order for the the party, uh, both in terms of of unity and a focused message moving forward, uh, but also getting the uh, fiscal house in order as well. Yeah, that was one of the initial things we had to deal with was a party in debt. So we'll leave a party... um, leave the party strong and uh, and then we'll have a, a convention this Saturday which will be for a lot of folks you know a, a one of the largest events they've inten- attended in person at least for the last 12 or 13 months so it'll be a lot of fun oh, that's great and so uh, you'll have all of the uh, the delegates from uh, across the state and uh, of course a, a host of elections not only just the top of the uh, ticket uh, positions but also okay. for uh, places on the central committee and so on. Uh, what do you expect to see as you roll into the weekend? And how many will there be? It's over four thousand. Is that about where we are? There's about four thousand delegates. They'll be coming from all over the state. Uh, we'll be meeting in the Maverick Center on uh, Saturday morning. 
And so we'll have elections for party leadership. We'll have speeches from all of our elected officials. We'll give them a chance to report. And it's going to be, um, you know, it'll be a, a part election, part celebration, and maybe part introspection, where as a party we get to sort of step back and remember what it is that we stand for and where we are, you know, where we want to go moving forward from here. Yeah, I think that's so important. We we started off the program today. We had a little bit of sound from the uh, Republican retreat, uh, which uh, you and I both know should be called an advance, not a retreat. Uh, we, we don't do the retreat thing. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting to, uh, just to note, you know, some of the optimism coming out in terms of 2022 and, and uh, those uh, possible elections on the uh, on the national front, uh, but there's also this critical need, I think, to to get to a, a policy uh, and an agenda uh, in terms of uh, of moving forward. We we went back to uh, you remember Derek 2013 when uh, Patrick Doyle from uh, Domino's Pizza fame, you know, came in and talked about their turnaround when when he said, you know, our pizza sucked and uh, we we had to face it and move forward. Uh, you've had some of those yeah. moments in the party, uh, and you've always been a long proponent of, hey, let's let's not just be about what we're against, but what we're for. Uh, so what do you hope that message is coming out of uh, this really uh, pivotal uh, tr- uh, transition and, and convention this weekend? Well, I think that, you know, for uh, that example you gave of Domino's, you know, it took some real introspection for the company and the CEO to, to look at it and say, you know, what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, and just be real about what your weaknesses are. And I've been very real about, um, you know, real about where we are where, as a party and our weaknesses, and we have a lot of weaknesses. And so my goal has been to, to address them, you know, and realize that I think now is also a great opportunity to reevaluate what it is that we, we stand for as a party. I mean, as a, as a party, we did fantastic this last year here in Utah nationally not so much and i think that those are the opportunities that uh, moments like this are opportunities for parties to step back and reevaluate and say what do we stand for what is our message i mean my message moving forward is one of unity and one of doing the things that will keep the republican party strong here in utah because i think we've had the, as a party the luxury of almost winning without effort in a lot of our races and Whereas that may have been the case in the past, I don't, again, I don't envisage that taking place in the next 10 years. And so we've got to be a lot stronger. Yeah, uh, it's clear uh, there were a number of reports out, of course, with the census uh, numbers coming out. Uh, Utah's uh, less red than, still very red, but less red than it's been uh, in the past. And uh, not taking any of those things for granted from a political party standpoint, I, I think, is a is a vital conversation to to have, to be sure. Uh, well, Derek, we appreciate your uh, service to the the party. Uh, we'll have your Democratic counterpart uh, on as they get ready for their organizing uh, efforts as well. Uh, but uh, we appreciate your engagement and just showing that this is supposed to be seasonal work, that everybody can be involved and uh, everybody uh, can come together, regardless of what party you're supporting or what candidates uh, you're lifting. Uh, all of those things can make a big difference. Derek, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Appreciate it. All right, that's uh, Derek Brown uh, joining us on the line there. And again, the political parties are just so fascinating to to watch. And and Derek actually raised this idea of, uh, you know, what the future holds for political parties in the state of Utah. I think there's going to be a uh, a season of change in political parties in the state of Utah. And uh, it will be up to all parties, uh, including uh 
minority parties, and uh, we've got a number of them in the state of Utah that have been bubbling up and emerging, and they'll have a voice, to be sure, in the uh, in the years ahead. So we'll continue to, to track and monitor that as well. But uh, a big thanks to Derek Brown as he has his final countdown uh, in terms of his time as the Utah Republican Party chair. Now, we know we've got our eyes uh, set tomorrow to hear from President Joe Biden. This will be his first formal address to a joint session of Congress. Again, we don't uh, call those State of the Unions on the first one. I'm not sure why they're different, uh, but they do. This is just a, a, a speech to a joint session. It's an important speech, I think, as he uh, gets close to his first 100 days in office. And you don't want to miss this. Coming up next on the program, we're going to be joined by Michael Conley, uh, who is the uh, founder of Inkling Communications out of Washington, D.C. He, in my opinion, uh, is the best speechwriter in the country. And so we're going to talk about President Biden's speech tomorrow. What should be in it? How should it be crafted? Uh, how are all of these speeches? Uh, how do they come together? So some fascinating insights. You want to stick with us. Uh, we'll be right back here on KSL News Radio. It's the final countdown. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.